my friends in Christ. Hope. Hope is an interesting word. Hope makes all the difference for some people. Hope can make a um, make someone go through four grueling years of classes to, to get a degree and they can get a better job. Hope can make a, a, a child practice a free throw shot after free throw after free, free throw. Hope can, can make a, um, a teenager work and work and save and save so they can get that pay for their own car. Hope can um, bring a family together to pray for a better outcome. Hope can make all the difference. Not focusing on what's here and now, but hoping for something far better down the road. And because of that then, because of hope, we can go through some horrendous, difficult times now because we have hope for what is far better down the road. Today we begin the, the church season called Advent. Advent uh, is a word that means He is coming. And as we're getting ready to celebrate Jesus coming at Christmas, we're also looking at Jesus coming the second time. A time that He comes with power, with, with glory, with love, with victory. And looking ahead to that gives us hope to live through things now. And that's why these Sundays in Advent, we're going to look at this theme, the, the thrill of hope. Today, specifically, we look at hope when heaven is silent. Let me just focus on that right there. Hope when heaven is silent. Think of that time between the, the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, and, and the New Testament, that 400 years I mentioned earlier. For 400 years, there were no prophets that God sent. There's nothing written in the Bible. Four centuries, when there was nothing but silence. Just to put that into perspective for ourselves, 400 years for us. 400 years ago would be the 1600s. That's before the United States of America existed. The first colony, Jamestown, didn't start until 1607. 1611 was when the King James Version, the translation of the Bible, was written. Uh, Shakespeare died in 1616. The 1700s, that's when you had the, the American colonies uh, revolt and you have the American Revolution. The 1800s, well, 1849 is when some Germans came to Crete and started this church we call Trinity. You had the American Civil War. You had Lincoln assassinated, the, the Industrial Revolution. The, the 1900s, you got World War I, World War II. You got cars. You have air flight. You have radio and, and TV. Uh, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. You have 
space race, and now it's landing on the moon, and, and computers that you could have in your own house. You have the internet, and computers now you can put in your pocket, your phone. For us, the last 400 years, there's been a lot that has happened. So understanding that gives us a little perspective on how the Jews were feeling. 400 years of silence. And a lot had happened for them. The Greeks had come in. Alexander the Greek conquered the area. After them, the Romans came in. And there was oppression and control. And God was silent. Things were not good for the Jews. There's murmurings of, of revolution and rebellion. But heaven was silent. Not only was heaven silent in, in the, the big picture, but it even seemed that way in, in, on the personal level. Luke begins his gospel account introducing us to two people, Zechariah and Elizabeth. This, this is how he introduces us. He, he says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. If you lived back then, you would have called Elizabeth and, and Zechariah good people. They were the type of people you wanted to live in your neighborhood, right? Because it, they never caused problems. They were always part of the solution if there was an issue. They, they were great with kids. They were the, the grandma and the grandpa of the neighborhood. They loved kids. Kids loved them. Kind of a tragic thing that they couldn't have children of their own and they tried they prayed and prayed they did everything they could but that opportunity was decades ago and heaven was silent there's a reason that Luke begins his gospel account of Jesus' life introducing us to these two people. Because this is the beginning of hope. This is the beginning when things start changing. This is, well, this is our first point for today. Christmas is the story of hope fulfilled. Zechariah and Elizabeth would have a son. They call him John. We know him as John the Baptist. And John the Baptist would prepare the way for Jesus. It may have seemed for four centuries that God was, was silent, but he really wasn't. Before these 400 years, God had repeated that promise of a Savior again and again, born of a virgin. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. He would... He would um, save his people from their sins. and By his wounds, we would be healed. All that 
was fulfilled at Christmas. You see, just because heaven may seem silent does not mean that God is absent. In fact, the greatest example or the greatest proof of that is probably what we call Holy Saturday. That's the day between Good Friday and Easter. That's the ultimate proof that God's silence does not equal his absence. Christmas is the story of hope fulfilled. Which brings us to the second point then. There's no past for great obedience. Gabriel appeared to Zechariah in the temple, and this is what he said. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He has never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the, peop- of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Maybe some of that sounds a little familiar. It's very similar to the last verses, which I read, of the Old Testament from Malachi. It's like God is picking up exactly where he left off 400 years ago. Now remember how Zechariah and Elizabeth were described. They were good, righteous, upright people, good people. But there's no pass for great obedience. Zechariah didn't believe Gabriel the angel. Now, we, we can logically understand why he would have reacted that way. He had so much hope, but after so many decades, he gave that up. They, they were too old. But there is no path for obedience. The Ten Commandments aren't something to apply to everyone else and not you and me. Money is not a reason to live together and not get married. Personal freedom is not a reason to end a baby's life. Not getting trouble for a bad grade is not a reason to cheat at school. Having a bad day is not an excuse to berate someone on the checkout line. Just because we are active at church, just because you are a good student, just because grandma went to church, just because there is no pass for obedience. Zechariah was a moral man, but that did not mean he could react the way he did. He was a priest who served in God's temple, but that did not give him reason to disobey God. So, the third point then, remain faithful to God even when circumstances are not in your favor. I guess that's the real lesson Zechariah learned here. Just because we don't get what we want when we want it 
doesn't mean that we should give up on God. In that period of 400 years, if that teaches anything, it is this. God plays the long game. He, he truly has the big picture, the best results in mind. He clearly was faithful to his people before the 400 years. We know he has been faithful since. So remain faithful even when things are not in your favor. When money is tight, still give back to God. When time is tight, still find time to worship him. When life piles up, remain faithful to him who controls all things. And to help you with that, remember this next point. When heaven seems silent, heaven hears. Remember what Gabriel the angel said to Zechariah? God had heard his prayer. God wasn't ignoring him. God wasn't indifferent. God absolutely cared about him. God absolutely heard him. If it, it may have seemed that heaven was silent, but God heard Zechariah. And God cared. I think there's a lot of times that we need to remember that. When heaven seems silent, heaven still hears. It's one of the reasons we have the Bible. Story after story, page after page, there we see this truth. God may be silent from our perspective, but he's never far off. He's right there. He always hears. He always cares. He always loves. The key for us, when we don't see that he is speaking, when it seems to us that heaven is silent, the key for us is to remember those times when we do know what he has done. To remember how he's cared for us, how he's loved us, what he has done for us, because there's a lot that he's done for us. And so, point number five, Christmas means those who hope in God do not hope in vain. Christmas is the beginning of a chain of events that ultimately ends with you and me, with him in heaven. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, God promised to send a Savior born of that woman. God kept that promise, that millennia-old promise at Christmas. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. John the Baptist was born just before that. John would grow up and prepare the people, get their way ready, and Jesus came. And not only did Jesus heal so many people, not only did he help so many people, he taught so many people, but he really came to trade places. He came to suffer in our place. He came to die in our place. He came so that we would take his place in heaven. He came to give us forgiveness, to give us life, to give us peace, to give us Christmas means that God acted for our salvation. And so then, 
when we are faithful, even when our circumstances are not in our favor, that's not done in vain. What we do in God's kingdom is not futile. It has eternal significance. Here at Trinity, we, we, we have this new vision, this Trinity 2029, and, and we have this, this new mission statement. Welcoming home the lost and loved with Jesus. Yeah, we, we want to welcome people to, to Trinity, but that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about welcoming home people in, in heaven. What we do as part of God's kingdom is not in vain. When we teach our children what Christmas really is all about, when you share Jesus with a neighbor, when you invite a coworker to come to, to Christmas Eve worship, when you make sure your children, your grandchildren, go to Trinity Treehouse in Timmer, when you support the financial assistance at, at Illinois Lutheran so a family can send their children to that school, none of that is in vain. None of that is pointless. Just the opposite. Because of Christmas, everything that we do in God's kingdom has eternal significance. So, when heaven is silent, speak for it. Of course, the Bible is complete. There's no more revelation coming from God. We have everything that we need. But God still speaks through us. So when your friend is having just a horrible week, encourage them with some words from the Bible. When your classmate wants to um, share your answers, Speak up and remind them of the seventh commandment. When you are being tempted, when you're not married, and yet you're being tempted to be sexually active, remind yourself of the sixth commandment. When someone is being criticized for their political views, step up and use your words to build them up rather than tear them down. Your child comes home after school being just discouraged Remind them of God's promises. You see, every day, we have so many opportunities to speak God's word. So many situations for us to speak up and say what God says. So when heaven seems silent, Hope is such a powerful word. Hope is what Christmas gives us. Even when it seems that heaven is silent, we have hope. Because God has not been silent. John the Baptist came to prepare the way. Jesus came 
and did everything as our Savior. Hope for an amazing, perfect future? That is exactly what we have. And that kind of hope will never disappoint. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you that even though it may seem like you are silent, we know you are not. Lord, we thank you for the hope you give us through your son's birth at Christmas time. Help us then, Lord, to, to not just live that hope, but to speak of it, to share it, to show it. And Lord, when things are rough, use others to encourage us, to encourage us with your word, with your hope. When those around us are discouraged, use us to encourage them with your hope so that together we may hope in what is yet to come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.